0: Dave what's going on man not a lot how you doing today I am frosty Woo-hoo.
1: I am comfy and I have a lot of news
0: <laughs> oh yeah bring it how you doing man I'm doing excellente today man I had a great you seem weekend. a little motivated this morning very motivated very motivated I had a great weekend with uh with Bella and the family man I'm ready I'm ready to go yeah
1: that's cool Uh, I've been very encouraged by what what I've been seeing going on uh, over the weekend, and and there's a lot going on, especially today. Break it down. Uh, Your message is on point this morning about um, citizens taking back our country. It's up to us. I mean, you know, the White Hats and the intelligence community and the military, they will have their role to play, but... Uh, we have to play our cards first. And we have to demonstrate to them that we're committed to taking our country back. Uh, and, and that's happening. Amen. It's, it's happening in a big way here in Arizona. But there's a very interesting story that's coming out of uh, here in Maricopa. And it's not about the audit. It's not? Uh, it's Yeah, it's something else. So on Thursday... A group of citizens here in Arizona filed a motion with the Arizona Supreme Court. And the motion is called a writ of quo warranto. Wow. All right. Yeah. So this is a, a, a very, uh, it's a rarely used legal procedure in which a, a citizen challenges the right of an elected official to hold office. And this, the writ of quo warranto was filed on behalf of a number of Arizona citizens. And it is challenging the right to hold office of all statewide elected officials who were elected after 2017. That includes Governor Ducey, Secretary of State, uh, a whole bunch of uh, state legislators. They're all being challenged uh, in their legitimacy to hold office because because of a technicality and it 's a very big technicality uh, in this um, in, in the motion that was filed with Arizona Supreme Court, I believe this was filed on Thursday, and Gateway pundit has an article on it. Um, I actually posted the video. Uh, a friend of mine sent me the video on Thursday, the day that this writ was filed. and I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't know if it was, you know, just kind of a crackpot idea or if it's legitimate. But uh, our state rep, Mark Fincham, posted it. Uh, posted the the writ of quo warranto yesterday, and a couple of other Telegram channels have been, have been discussing it. One in particular, Arizona Red Roots, um, seems to have some legal knowledge. I don't know who runs the Arizona. Red Roots uh, Telegram channel, but they've been very helpful in providing some legal uh, information on what's happening here in Arizona. And, and I just want to give them a, a little shout out because they've been helpful in helping me understand and confirm some of the things that I've been seeing. Woohoo. So this uh, this writ of quo warranto. it's based on the fact that federal law, federal election law, and specifically the um, Help America Vote Act, the HAVA Act, uh, requires um, certification of election machines, right? So election machines have to be uh, certified, and the certification only lasts two years. So basically every election, whether it's a four-year presidential election or the the, the off-year election, um, there has to be a certification by an agency that is accredited uh, and they have to inspect and certify voting machines. Well, the voting machines in Maricopa County were inspected by two agencies that were not accredited.
0: Hmm, imagine that. Yeah,
1: that's in violation of federal election law. Uh, (laughs) you, You can't use voting machines that are not inspected by an accredited agency. Now, interesting thing about this is the Gateway Pundit, they reported on this uh, a while back, when this first came to light, that the agencies that inspected the Maricopa County voting machines were not accredited, Gateway Pundit reported on it, four hours later, the accrediting agency went and ahead, went ahead and accredited them, but it was after the fact. It was uh, after the elections that already it that already happened, right? And this was in January of this year. They they finally got accredited, but January is two months after the 2020 election.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and this writ actually goes back to 2018. That they're they're saying that these uh, voting machines have not been certified by an accredited agency, at least going back to 2017. Mm-hmm. So they filed a motion with Arizona Supreme Court to have all state elected officials removed from office and re- and have the judge and the Supreme Court name a temporary replacement until a new election can be held to replace all these people. Okay. This is a motion filed by a group of citizens.
0: citizens.
1: <laughs> we the people. We the people. Uh, and, right, so this has been going on. Gateway Pundit put out an article on it. Uh, Mark Fincham, uh, he, he's posted about it. And uh, th- this is a very, very interesting maneuver. I don't know how Katie Hobbs and Doug Ducey are going to get around this. Because they were elected uh, using a voting system that was not certified.
0: Dang, uh, come on!
1: In violation of state and federal election law. So that's one of the things that's going on. Uh, and I don't know when the Arizona Supreme Court is going to hear that that case, but that was filed on Thursday, and it's it's going to gain traction. I'll I'll be watching it. Uh, you know, and we'll have to see how 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 that. Uh, plays out. So that, that is, again, that is a case of we, the people. Yeah. If the people um, in a state, if they learn the law, and if they know the law, and if they know that the law is being broken by officials in their state, uh, they have the power to hold them accountable. And that's what's happening here in Arizona. I- I'm very proud to be uh, <laughs> living in you know Arizona and Maricopa County because not just the people, but a lot of our legislators are coming around and they're seeing what's happening. Uh, you know, I was listening to this interview with uh, Mark Fincham on Saturday. It's a very good interview. He spoke with a guy who is a, is a Democrat who has been an advocate for election integrity for years. And Mark is is really big on election integrity. Uh, Fincham is running for secretary of state to replace Katie Hobbs. And, and he is, you know, a large part of his platform has to do with election reform. So he was talking to this guy and, and this guy was asking him like, you know, how did that, how did the hearing in Arizona come about? Back in November, uh, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in, uh, in Georgia, here in Arizona, there were all these hearings where Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis came and presented, um, they, they allowed witnesses to testify about their observations on the election. Mm-hmm. And this guy asked Fincham, uh, and Mark was one of the guys who facilitated the hearing. He got in touch with Rudy Giuliani and, and, and uh, set up a, a, a venue because, because the legislature wouldn't have an official session. Uh, they did it at a hotel. And Fincham said that the reason why they held the hearing was that he was receiving 500 emails and phone calls a day from people bugging him who were demanding something be done about this election. And he said, everybody in the House and Senate was receiving the same number of phone calls and emails. And he said, that's why we had this hearing because we were getting blown up from citizens who are demanding an investigation.
0: We'll awoke.
1: Right? the reason why the hearings happened is because average citizens held their legislators accountable. And that's from Mark Fincham. He said the reason why it happened is people were just emailing and phone calling and going berserk on social media, tweeting at people. And that is why we had the hearings and the hearings led to election reform laws, right? We did our part. We we bugged our legislators in a peaceful, nonviolent way. And they responded and they started changing election laws and they held hearings. And now we've got an audit in Maricopa County. And it all it's all because we the people decided to hold our elected leaders accountable. And that's the process that we need to use. We need to use this across the country. If you live in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, any swing state. You should be calling and emailing your legislators at the state level, uh, your attorney general, your secretary of state, your governor. You should be ringing their phones off the hook and emailing them
0: demanding that they look into the 2020 election because that's how things are going to change. So you're saying that the phone calls and the emails matter? Uh, Not only do black lights matter, (laughs) but... (laughs)
1: But phone calls and emails also matter according to our guy who facilitated the the hearing uh, phone calls and emails matter a lot.
0: You hear uh, that people? Reason... You hear that? Everybody what we we're talking about today the wheel of woke etc man that's what, what that's how we're going to take it back. Yes. <laughs>
1: that is how we're going to take it back. Uh if if we the people exercise our, our responsibility, which is to make some noise, be loud, be heard, as Q always tells us, uh, that that's how things are gonna change. Yeah. And, yeah. and things are changing. You know, we've seen election laws. There's been over 250 uh, election law changes uh, on the books around the country. Um, and it's and we're only getting started. Uh, there, there are other changes coming. Uh, I think on the other side of this audit here in Maricopa County, there's going to be a lot more changes if fraud is found. Uh, particularly if fraud is found in the Dominion voting system, and it seems like there will be. Mm-hmm. I think that's the Achilles' heel for Dominion and probably all electronic voting systems.
0: Yeah.
1: When they when they expose that fraud, when they find it, and it comes out, uh, I think there's going to be criminal referrals. And I think that Dominion is going to collapse pretty quickly. Um, So here in Maricopa County, what's going on is, you know, let me talk about Antrim County, Michigan first, because there's some breaking news coming out of Antrim County. So Matt DiPerno is uh, an attorney, and he is uh, going to court today against the Secretary of State of Michigan and a couple of other people. Um, in the Antrim County case. So the state is trying to get the lawsuit dismissed. Matt DiPerno and a a normal citizen uh, who hired him, they have sued to get a full forensic audit of the Antrim County, Michigan election. Mm -hmm. Now, the judge has allowed them a limited uh, scope in doing an audit, but they want a full scope and they want to expand their investigation, right? So uh, that's their ask is they want to expand the investigation. They want to actually uh, audit more counties and the state is requesting that the case be dismissed. The basis for the state's request to have the case dismissed is they say that the petitioner doesn't have standing. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard that before? Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, Matt Diperno points out that in 2018 there was a state there was a state election law change that allows any registered voter to scrutinize and question the statewide election system. Right. So Diperno is going to argue that uh, the petitioner does have standing and that the judge should allow their investigation to continue and, and, and expand into other counties. So we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, DiPerno, like I said, he, he'll be in court today and, and we'll hear on that. And if you're following me on Telegram, um, I'll be putting out whatever news I get out of that case. And, and there's also, there's some news out this morning that there is supposedly a request for a second audit. It's not really true. Um, it's kind of semi fake news. Uh, DiPerno is looking to expand his uh, the investigation, the audit into other counties. Mm-hmm. So that's where that kind of came from, and the story got a little bit twisted. Uh, as far as I, I, I was searching the news this morning, there isn't any news of an actual a, a second audit coming out or or anything like that. Um, that's primarily coming from Neon Nettle, which is a fake fake news clickbait website. Let's see. moving to Maricopa County. Uh, there's news today, the big news in Maricopa County is uh, Karen Fan and the Arizona Senate uh, might be sending subpoenas to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. The attorney for the Senate, sent a letter, I think this is either on Friday or Saturday, sent a letter to the board of supervisors telling them that if they did not turn over the routers and network passwords that they have a right to because of the subpoena, Mm -hmm. that the Senate was going to have them subpoena them to come in and testify under oath (laughs) as to why they have not turned over the passwords and why they have not turned over the routers. And in the letter, the attorney said that their answers so far uh, may be incorrect. <laughs> well, that's a polite way of saying you're lying and we know you're lying. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we we want to have you come in and testify under oath. Now, the question is, why would the Senate want to have the Board of Supervisors come in and testify under oath? Right. As to why they're in violation of a subpoena? It's because... They, if they're going to turn this over to the attorney general's office for prosecution. And before you do that, you want to get them under oath. So you can get, tell the attorney general, they said under oath, this is why they didn't turn over this information as required by the subpoena. And we have information that contradicts that. And you give the attorney general the contradicting information and their sworn statements and tell the attorney general, now you can go ahead and prosecute these people. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just as just speculation, but I think that's where this is going. Um, Karen Fan said in an interview last week that uh, if they find evidence of fraud, they're going to refer it to the attorney general's office for prosecution. And and I think that I you know again like I said speculation. I suspect that the board of supervisors is going to come in and they're going to have to testify under oath and then that testimony is going to be turned over to the ag for prosecution because i think you know when the audit's done and they find and they find fraud um you know the the fraudsters are going to have to be prosecuted <laughs> and this is the first step in the process yeah so we'll, we'll have to be watching to see if the senate does serve subpoenas on the board of supervisors and i, su- I suppose they will um the board of supervisors and they look like they're ready to go down with the ship. They're just, they're, they're not willing to get on the right side of the story. Like they're dedicated to riding this thing all the way down. They're holding and, on for
0: dear life. What? They're holding on for dear life.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of collateral damage on, on their side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now we're looking at potentially do Katie Hobbs and a lot of people being removed from office due to this, Writ of Quo Aranto. We're looking at the Board of Supervisors uh, potentially being prosecuted for you know being involved in fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, they're probably going to lie under oath. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, right. So, I mean, there, there's a whole lot of cool stuff going on here. And the audit continues. Uh, I don't know where they're at in the audit process. Um, some interesting things came out last week, there was a lot of assumptions that were being drawn when uh, there was a settlement um, that came out of the lawsuit between the Democrat the Arizona Democrat Party and the Senate and Cyber Ninjas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the, basically, the settlement said that uh, Cyber Ninjas is not going to be comparing or looking at signatures on the ballots. Um, and that got a, a news cycle for a day or two where people were saying, oh, they're, they're not gonna match signatures, that's terrible. They caved, they gave in, It's they must be working with the deep state. Well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, in their statement, Cyber Ninjas said that signature matching was not in their original scope. They never planned to match signatures. It wasn't part of what they were doing. Uh, really they, they hit like five bullet points on this settlement that they had with the Democrat party saying that nothing is changing. They asked us not, not use black and blue pens that they could only use like green or red pens. And cyber said, you know, this is based on false reporting from the media accusing the cyber ninjas team of using uh, black and blue pens and they never did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so nothing changes. And they just went through all these points and pointed out that the settlement agreement did not change anything about their scope. Everything that was agreed to were things they were already doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, this is worth pointing out, too. If at some point the Senate asks them to match signatures, they can do that. They just have to give the Democrat... A party a forty eight hour notice to be, if they're gonna match signatures. So there was um, there was unfortunately a bit of fake news that came out of that last week. And everything's fine. Uh, audits continuing. Uh, nothing has really changed. Uh, they, you know the Department of Justice, they sent their toothless tiger um, <laughs> to send a letter to Arizona, threatening, you know, you better not be violating people's civil rights. Oh. Well, come to find out. The DOJ attorney who wrote that letter is the knucklehead who uh, this woman leftist lawyer who was mocking Baron Trump and Donald Trump in, in the impeachment hearing. She's the one who told Trump, you don't, you know, you're not a king. You know, just because your son's name is Baron, you don't have the right to make him a Baron, right? That snarky, yeah, she's the one who sent the letter to the Arizona Senate. Uh, threatening intervention if they violate people's civil rights. And again, this is, this is all, I think it's all built to support the fake news narrative that the audit is gonna, is trying to intimidate voters, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. On its face, it's a ridiculous accusation. Yeah. The, the election has already happened, All right, If you're going to intimidate voters, the best time to do it is before the election. Yeah. If you're going to go out and strong arm people and try to force them to vote a certain way, uh, voter intimidation that happens before an election, mm-hmm. not six months after the election.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had their so, tactics before the election too. So.
1: Yeah, they did. But uh, if you listen to what they've been doing as far as the, the, the idea of canvassing, is they they never really uh, were going to go out and canvas and knock door door to door and ask people if they, you know, how many people in this house voted. Mm-hmm. They were going to verify um questionable ballots. So uh, ballots that were that used addresses that were uh, a government building as a residential address, or ballots that had a vacant lot as a residential address or dead voters. Yeah. Well you know that's not exactly a whole lot of voter intimidation if you're going to verify those things. Uh, and there's a there are separate groups here in Arizona uh, that are doing canvassing, uh, and they're not they're not officially connected to the to the audit. They're separate citizen groups. We the people who are legally going out, and they're just going door to door and they're asking people, hey, you know, uh, did you guys vote in the election? How many, how many ballots were cast in this house? They're, and they're not using voter intimidation. They're just, you know, if you don't want to answer the question, you don't have to answer the question. If you don't want to answer the door, you don't have to answer the door. So uh, things are happening here here in Maricopa County and in Arizona. Uh, and it's going to snowball. <laughs> just You can just see the momentum building. Uh, people are being energized around the country because they're seeing that you know, we, the people, are not giving up. The Senate is not backing down, and uh, I, I'm just digging it. I, I'm in the I'm in my happy place right now, watching all the fireworks go on go off. So you're saying you're
0: comfy AF. I am pretty
1: darn comfy. I, I couldn't be more comfy. Nice. Uh, this is this is the be- best I've felt since the election. <laughs> right
0: on. Right.
1: On. I'm just you know just watching what's going on and I can just see uh, things are moving in the right direction, uh, and and we've got momentum. The deep state, the the media, uh, corrupt politicians, as as X22 says, they're they're on defense. They're clearly on defense and they're sort of in panic mode. Yeah. Because they they know what kind of corruption they've been perpetrating. And now they're a little freaked out because it's being exposed and there really isn't much they can do to stop it from being exposed other than it, like in Michigan, the um, the attorney general and secretary of state are out there threatening attorneys with disbarment and criminal prosecution. If they don't shut up about, you know, election fraud, (laughs) that's, that's really all they've got left. Like they're accusing us of trying to intimidate voters, while they're intimidating attorneys who are trying to discuss and uncover election fraud. Yeah, right? a Classic projection.
0: Yeah, now's the time to press in. You know, it we is the people really to stand up, and I and I love, I love that you're coming in here today and saying that all this stuff is going on because it's really we the people that are making the difference. It is we the people. We make
1: a huge difference. Every phone call, every email that we send out. It's making a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a snowball, there's an avalanche coming, D5. uh, And uh, we are the ones who are going to make that happen. Politicians tend to take the path of least resistance. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But when the citizens push back and show a lot of resistance, that easy path uh, becomes less tenable. And when a a, a massive number of citizens uh, get active and get involved in the process. It makes it much harder for politicians to ignore their their pleas. Mm -hmm. And and that's what we're seeing here. And and I think we're gonna see that around the country. I think as people uh, really get involved in the process, get involved in the local school boards, we've seen what happens with school boards. All these parents are showing up at the school board meetings and they're just price. taking over the meetings, uh, demanding that they school boards stop mandating masks for the kids. Mm-hmm. It's You can just see that there's this groundswell of uh, citizen well, involvement. And that's exactly what we need to be doing.
0: Well, it's because all the citizens showed up with Molotov cocktails and, and pitchforks and flamethrowers and all that stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, they just showed we, up like... We adopted like BLM tactics, right? <laughs> No, they just showed up, and, you know, they're, they're, these are parents, man, that literally overturned the school board. I love right. it.
1: Right. And it's happening in other places. I've seen videos over the, in the last week where parents are going in to the school board meetings by the hundreds and
0: uh, getting their way and telling the school board, we're not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you, Dave, I was really thinking about that this weekend. You know, I mean, like having great talks with Bella and stuff with was one thing standing in line in some of these stores you know where i was the only unmasked one and then you know just really thinking back over q's last couple posts and it's like you know we're really the ones that are supposed to be taking this back you know i mean q taught us where to look and how to dig and and how to expose trump taught us how to fight and you know like i think the last post the very last post are you ready to take back your country I, i i'm ready i'm ready
1: yeah, Q was definitely giving us a signal that it was time for us to rise up and be heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last two posts in November—that was the go signal. Hey, we're gonna, we're, we're we're going to wait for you guys to do your part, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. if you do your part,
0: we'll do our part. Yeah. And it's not—it's—it's it's not even that we got to do anything scary or anything. We just got to make phone calls and emails, no. show up, run on a local level. I mean, it's all—you know—it's—it's it's nonviolent stuff. I mean, I think back to like Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, all he, he was able to accomplish, and it was nonviolent. You know. Yep.
1: Here's a little little uh, strategy and tactics uh, lesson. During the '60s, uh, there were a lot of voices that were discussing civil rights. And on on the one side, you had uh, Malcolm X and the Black Panthers. Mm -hmm. And they had a violent approach to changing society. Okay. And then you had uh, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had a non-violent approach, right? and the establishment decided to negotiate with martin luther king because they didn't want to negotiate with uh malcolm x
0: mm-hmm.
1: right in any movement you have extremes right you, um, and, and malcolm x and the black panthers represented one extreme of the civil rights movement martin luther king was really sort of in the middle he was the middle ground he was a not the nonviolent rational, reasonable person that the establishment could negotiate with him and his people. <clears throat> and they decided to negotiate with them rather than ha- having the discussion with Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. But it's very important. It, it's, it's important for um, any movement to have both extremes and the moderates, because the people on the extreme, they force The the establishment to negotiate with the moderates, Mm -hmm. right? So if we are in the mod, if we're the moderates, if we're in the middle, if we're advocating uh, peaceful means to transform the country, the establishment is going to have to negotiate with us because they don't want to negotiate with the people who are advocating violence. Mm -hmm. And that's just how how society works. It's it's necessary to have the extremes. It's necessary to have people that are. You know, calling for violence. I'm not saying that we should, but those people force the establishment to negotiate with rational people like us who are nonviolent. We are going to get our way (laughs) because there are tens of millions of people like us, and there are a few thousand of of the extremists. But, you know, uh, you can just see that the establishment is kind of being forced in a position where they're going to have to take us seriously. They, they can't, they can only ignore us for so long.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you can't ignore 50, hundred million people for very long. Um, go ahead and try it. And you're not going to have a whole lot of luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we have a large, we have a large uh, base of support and we're vocal. Uh, we're, we're nonviolent but we're very vocal and we're persistent. And that's what we need to do. We need to just persist through this, um, not lose focus, not lose hope. Uh, Keep our attention on on the main issue. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And continue pressuring our elected leaders to do the right thing regarding this election. Uh, And and, and whether your issue is vaccines or masks or, or the election, same thing. It's being nonviolent. It's being loud. It's making your voice heard. And it's not giving up. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not complying. It's nonviolent, noncompliance. Mm-hmm. And and we don't, like, oh, like one of the things with me, too, like, like, you know, I had the guy the other day. I mean, he came up and asked me to put on a mask. And I was just very nice to him. I mean, we don't have to get loud or ugly with people either. I mean, I don't think that helps our cause. You know, I mean, that's. That's how they argue and do stuff. I mean, I'm always one for, you know, like none of us like to wear the mask. I mean, none of us in here anyway, you know, you know, we're not, we're not compliant, but I mean, when people, we don't have to be mean about it, you know? Yeah. You know,
1: I haven't had anybody ask me to wear a mask uh, in in a long time. And my wife says it's because I look intimidating. Uh
0: (laughs) I think that's why I don't get bugged too. It's like, I saw, I saw one guy as I walked in the store, he kind of looked at me and then You know, I'm like 6'2", you know, previously like 300 pounds. I got a green beard. You know, maybe don't mess with that guy. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh,
1: You know, your physical appearance does sort of um, give people pause to confront you sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a gentle giant, though. I mean, really, honestly.
1: Right. But if somebody doesn't know you, right, and especially if you have some dark sunglasses on... (laughs) Uh, you know, and you can't see the person's eyes. You can't really see what's going on. Uh, that can make you look a little intimidating, and that can uh, dissuade people from confronting you. And they might think, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go confront that guy over there, the guy who's like five <laughs> six and like 130 pounds, because I don't want to mess with him. Yeah. He might take a swing at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, we gotta stop with this whole thing now.
1: When when you look around the world, I I see a lot of uh, kind of the same sentiment. If you look at in Europe, uh, people are not, uh, they're not taking this, uh, the lockdowns and and all the oppressive uh, rules that are being foisted upon them. There's a lot of protests going on. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of peaceful protests. There's also some violent protests. Yeah, and I think most of the protests only turn violent when the police use violence. You know, if the if the because in most countries they don't have they don't have guns, yeah. right? Uh, and that that's probably a good thing at this point because it's going to reduce you know the number of fatalities related to protests. But, but if they can people do it, are, in a,
0: <laughs> they can do it in other countries where they're not as free as we are. You know, like free. There's your air quotes, Leanne. Um, they're not as free as we. Like I look in Germany and you look over in London, and you see all these different places where I mean where they're just like mobbing the streets, you know coming out there and, and they're having these protests over here in the land of the free aka uh how come we're not doing that more? How come like like there's no reason why we can't there's no reason why we shouldn't. I think it would be more beneficial if we if we started to have a weekly weekly well, I think the rallies are coming back, but I think we need to be having more of these peaceful protests where we're getting you know, our neighbors and our friends and we coming out and we camp out of these places and, and, you know. I agree. I think it would be good for people to come out and have peaceful
1: protests. I mean, Denise said the other day, you know, we should have people protesting outside the Secretary of State's office. Katie Hobbs, you know, again, nonviolent. Yeah. But we should have people out there making their voices heard and making a little bit of noise about what's going on with the elections. Uh, peaceful protest is, is a good way to draw public attention to your to your issue and also to get the attention of you know, the corruptocrats in office. Um, it, it's funny that the Gateway Pundit reporter was trying to get an interview with Katie Hobbs, and she was taking off
0: like a little jackrabbit down the oh, trail, yeah. she
1: was not having it. She, she didn't want to have anything to do step. with it.
0: What? Yeah, she had some pep in her step, man. right Uh, I I think it's good I think we
1: should be uh, calling out and confronting uh, these people and putting them on notice you know hey we we know what you're doing and we're not going to take it anymore and that's what it comes down to it comes down to we aren't going to take this anymore we're fed up and we want you to know (laughs) we aren't going to have your agenda anymore
0: but how do we organize on, on a huge level like that? I mean, I'm like trying to do what I can with like several hundred people this morning, you know, but like how can we how can we reach all these people, Dave? How can we how can we get to all the masses to show up just like this? You know? I mean how do we how do we do it? How do we organize better? I think it comes down to uh
1: being organized on social media. That's the way most people communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a, te- you know, a Telegram chat room or uh, you know, a Facebook group, although that's getting pretty dicey yeah, because Facebook is cracking down pretty hard on anyone who's talking about election integrity. Uh, but, you know, some people are able to do it still on Facebook. Uh, you know, Cloud Hub does have groups. The people that I know who are who are organizing, they're doing it on Zoom chats. They're doing it. They have weekly uh, conversations where they're strategizing and organizing, and they're they're getting information out. They're taking um, taking surveys to to determine what's the what, what does the group feel like the ma- the main issues are, mm-hmm. and then developing strategies and tactics to um, you know, deploy people and, and and to get to take action. I, I think it really does come down to being active on social media and seeking out leaders and groups who are willing to help facilitate that action. Um, G- General Flynn and Sidney Powell are, are good examples. They've got nonprofits that they're heading, and those nonprofits are spearheading action that is is going to have a, a positive effect. The, the Amistad Project, same thing. Phil Klein and the Amistad Project, they have, a small army of attorneys and they have a weekly um, call where they're talking to people from states all over the country and they're strategizing a legal strategy uh, on how to, uh, the steps that need to be taken for election integrity, whether it's canvassing or pushing for legislative changes, y- you just need to look around and, and kind of get connected to and find people who are, already working on the kind of issue that you're concerned with again it might be election integrity might be masks might be vaccines it might be you know some other thing Mm -hmm. but uh one person alone you know screaming in in the wilderness doesn't necessarily uh affect change but collectively you know in in a group of thousands or millions we have a great ability to affect change and when we come together and our voice is heard in unison on a particular issue i think that's where it's most effective and i think it comes down to effective use of social media finding the groups finding the chat rooms getting involved finding out you know what's happening where are people meeting what time you know how do i get on, on the group phone call um you know and s- signing petitions there are a lot of petitions out there now um, to you know, recall elected officials, signing the petitions, getting people out, spreading word of mouth to get other people involved in the petitions to recall uh, elected officials. All of those things are positive, nonviolent steps that we can take to change the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I freaking love this conversation, man. I mean, I just uh, I just want people to realize like how powerful we the people really are. You know, and it really hit me this weekend, you know, thinking about the rallies, thinking about those last couple drops from Q, thinking about that. We're not going to take it song. And then, you know, just all of us getting together and doing this, taking it back, you know, not just one person, not just some letter of the alphabet, like us actually taking it back. Yep. And and if it's us that stand up and really take it back, then guess what? We're going to make damn sure that it never gets taken away again and that is the two-step process one is
1: recognizing the problem demanding the change and then watching that change come to pass the second one is being on guard and being vigilant for the next 20 years to make sure that this never happens again
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we are the ones who have to make sure it never happens again
0: now you said it you know i think it was probably a month or so ago you know you said that uh you said that this could probably take up to a generation, you know? And and by that you're meaning like us taking it back and continuing to stay vigilant and getting involved and, and just like really, really, uh, really just getting in there and getting involved, you know? Yeah. I
1: said it, I think it's gonna take a generation because um, I think the scope of and the depth of corruption in society, mm-hmm. is much worse than anyone suspects. Mm-hmm. I Think that you know, it's it's not just in you know state and, and federal government. Uh, it's it's not just in big pharma. It's pervasive mm-hmm. throughout society. It, it's on our school boards.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's um, it's in academia. It's most there's a lot of uh, schools, colleges, and uh, that are. Have just been infiltrated.
0: Infiltrated, yeah. I was just thinking over the
1: decades with people who are sympathetic to a socialist agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, this cultural Marxism, you know, it's it snuck into the educational system over the course of you know forty or fifty years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and rooting that out uh, and getting rid of those people who are supporting this agenda of Marxism. It's going to take time. You can't, that ain't going to happen in one or two years. Mm-hmm. Same thing in the healthcare industry, same thing in in the, in the corporate sector, uh, in the banking sector. I mean, the banking issue could be done in a, in a couple of days. <laughs> uh, there, there could be, you know, a, a financial neutron bomb dropped that would cause a lot of devastation in the banking sector, but mm-hmm. still... Whatever is whatever is built on the other side of that, um, we, we have to make sure that there are checks and balances in place to make sure that this corrupt financial system is not rebuilt again mm-hmm. and allowed to enslave people in debt the way it has. And again, the issues are broad and many, and I think it's going to take a long time for us to identify all the problems and then... You know, make the changes necessary to remove all that corruption.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like after Andrew Jackson, he took out the he took out the the last central western Western central bank, you know, and it was able to come back in. You know, you think that was because they he did it like maybe maybe it happened too quickly, or maybe people just forgot, or they became apathetic.
1: Well, or... people forgot. A
0: couple of generations passed, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. I mean, you look in the the Bible, you know, one generation, uh, sees complete devastation or they see complete idolatry, all the prophets and the King and, and all the leaders are all, you know, worshiping false gods. Mm -hmm. And then that nation falls under terrible judgment. Uh, that generation that sees it learns the lesson, Mm -hmm. the kids hear about it. And the grandkids, well, they hear about it through legend, that the grandkids end up kind of falling back into the same things because they didn't experience it mm-hmm. firsthand. And I think I think that's a that, that's kind of a lesson that we have to um, you know, we just have to pass it on to our kids and and help them understand that this is this is a cyclical problem that is going to crop up again if we're not vigilant, and if they're not vigilant, and if their kids are not vigilant, it's gonna crop up crop
0: up again. And it's gonna to try to destroy the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we don't wanna go back to this again. Yeah. But I, I, I see it as, as, as like it's affecting everything, you know I mean? From Hollywood, to local, to government, to sports, uh, you know, yeah. it, it is so inter- intermingle- Would you have and- thought
1: five years ago that you would see the kind of corruption exposed in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball? Never. <laughs> Never. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Five, five years ago, I don't think any of us would have expected to see the kind of behavior we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But that's in, that is kind of a, a, a snapshot of the yeah. kind
0: of um, corruption that I'm talking about. It's, it's everywhere. It's in every sector of society. It really is. It really is. And that's why I think we're going to, you know, we're starting our little wheel of woke, man. We're going to start calling these businesses up and emailing them and, and writing letters and doing all these things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to to trying to do my part to help disrupt and encourage people to use their voice.
1: Yeah. It, you know, it be, I think it has to become a mindset for
0: us. Yeah.
1: We have to develop the mindset that our job is to be a disruptive force to this, uh, the system of corruption that's been put in place, yeah. and we just have to see ourselves as, as disruptors. Yeah. Our job is to go in and identify where is there uh, a corrupt agenda, and how do I organize, you know, a few people, make them aware of it, and then let's take action steps to address it. Mm-hmm. That's just what we need to do from from this point forward for probably the next you know twenty years. Mm-hmm. We need to see
0: ourselves as disruptors of systemic corruption. Amen, amen. I like it. I like it. I used to disrupt in another way. Now, I'm- <laughs> me too. Now I'm using my <laughs> powers for good. You know,
1: <laughs> right, yeah. right. Well, you know, you have a talent. You have a passion uh, for disruption. And now God's going to channel that in a positive direction.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember, like, back in the day, like, I mean, we've talked about it before. You you know, I didn't want it. And and I think most people that are involved in this didn't want to be in any of this hated politics, couldn't stand. I mean, like, Bella and I talking over the weekend, I'm like, like, I I was the one always, they turn off the news. Don't watch the news. They're just trying to scare you. They make everything negative. I had no idea. You know, I didn't trust any of the politicians. Oh, they're all corrupt, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I literally... I never saw myself involved in any of this stuff or, you know, like, standing up, you know, like, the ways that I do or or whatever, you know? But it's like, you know, you wake up to this stuff and you see it and then you realize that you can do something about it or, you know, you've got, like, you know, people that you can affect or or do whatever and it's, it's like, it's a it's an empowering thing and it's such an important thing. And it's like, I've never felt better about anything I've done. I get knocked around like so much for it, but it's like, it just encourages me to do it more. It's like, Oh, well now I see panic for what it is. That just means I'm over the target. Oh, you're censoring me. Oh, I was, whew, I'm going to say that five times now. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that, uh, that, you know, we get to inspire people to stand up, you know, as themselves. You ain't gotta be nothing special or anything. You just, be a citizen to stand up and say, we're not going to take this anymore and take it back. Yep. Uh, Everything
1: changes the day that you realize you do not have to passively sit by and accept all of these things happening to you. You can stand up, you can be heard and it does make a difference. Yeah. As soon as you realize that your life is going to change and then you're going to help change society.
0: Mm hmm. I remember the day. I, I remember the day when I didn't want to talk about any of this stuff or everything that we were learning from the boards and all that early on. I remember the day where it was like, you know, people were asking questions in my broadcast, and I was trying to, oh, just, oh, you can't talk about this stuff. You can't say it. And then I remember I remember just letting down my guard and just being like, okay, listen, let's talk about it. This is what's really going on behind, you know? And it was so liberating to be able to say that. And other people were like, You know, I've been seeing that too, or you know, I've been feeling like that too. Oh, this is wrong, you know. And seeing people, you know, seeing that change from, like it's like with the mask or anything else, you know, people like, oh, I don't want to cause any problems. I don't want to do this or or that. But it's it's like, it's like it causes more problems to comply and not to say something. And it's so freeing to actually stand up for your rights. It's it's so freeing to actually speak out against this stuff. It's a little scary. It can be, for sure. But it's. It's a lot more scary to comply and let them continue on you know doing this and stealing our country and stealing our kids and and doing all this all these things that we found out that they're doing i to me it's more scary not to say anything or to draw a blind eye to her to say like oh uh, you know it's just a mask or it's just this or uh you know i I remember the day it was very scary I thought I was gonna lose like everything I thought they were gonna come calling Christian card not let me broadcast anymore or anything but I'm like. I can't, I can't not say anything anymore. I have to use my voice.
1: Yeah, it comes down to uh, a question of what is your red line? Mm-hmm. Because people will comply. Uh, and, and as long as we're compliant, uh, the people that are in control, the, the puppet masters, they're going to exert more and more and more control over us. And they're going to force us into more compliant or controlling uh, situations until, until we say, okay, here's my red line. You just crossed it. I'm not compliant anymore. I'm going to push back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to obey this. You know what? You had me going. I thought you were going to stop there, but you kept going and you kept going and you kept going. And now... You're done you cross the red line i'm not compliant anymore
0: yeah
1: it comes down to for each of each person is going to have to define where that red line is and where they're going to say i'm not going to comply comply anymore yeah you know because if you don't <clears throat> after the masks well fauci like oh you got to wear two masks and you stay, wear them outside and wear one on your head and you know uh, wear one in the shower yeah. they'll just <laughs> just keep on making more and more ridiculous rules with the lockdowns it's it's pretty apparent that if if society doesn't push back they're going to chain people to their desks or chain them to their house and tell you eventually you can only go to the grocery store you can only go you know on odd number days uh and and that's what the 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 long-term goal is to confine us in a building
0: well canada's kind of like that already
1: (sighs) It's kind of like that already. Look at Canada. That's right?
0: not that far. That's just that's, right that's, up there.
1: Look at China. That's yeah. what they want for us. They want the social credit score. They want to be able to control us. And and the whole thing about the social credit score is it's control and manipulation. If you comply with their demands, they let you have certain freedoms. If you don't, they're going to punish you. Yeah. And if you want to be a little hamster in a wheel being punished when you uh, when you act out and being rewarded when you comply. That's their goal. Yep. That's what they want for all of us. And at some point you have to decide whether you're going to allow them to make you into a little hamster in a cage or whether you're going to be a free radical and you're going to speak out and exercise your freedom.
0: Yep. As for us and our tribe, man, we're going to speak out for our freedom. Yep. Amen. Well, thanks for being here, Dave. I love Medic Mondays. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's great. What What do you got going on this week? I know you had Supernatural Saturday over the weekend. Yep, um, got a lot of good
1: feedback on the on the prophecy broadcast. You know, I'm I'm kind of just going to be keeping my eye on the news because there's a lot of stuff going on in Maricopa County. Um, let's see. I think I think Friday is Friday the 14th because. Mm, the fourteenth, yeah. fifteenth, is kind of the the target deadline for for the audit. Now there isn't there isn't an actual you know hard day where they have to have the audit done. Mm-hmm. They're shooting for the fourteenth. If if they need to go over, they're going to go over. Um, there I think there's a high school uh, prom or something going on at the Coliseum next yeah. week or this weekend, and if. They need to interrupt the audit for that. They'll do that, and then they'll continue the audit after that. I'm really going to be focusing this week on what's happening with uh, with the audit and, and election news. I'm going to try to do a little bit of work on that dream book. Yeah.
0: How are we <laughs> doing know. in the glossary? How are we doing?
1: Yeah. if I'm, I'm making progress.
0: What letter are um, you on?
1: I am on, let's see, Jay. J. Okay, all right. So you made it Hello, through Jay. H.I. I'm making some progress. Uh, I've, I've really been very active on Telegram,
0: yes, uh, you keeping have.
1: up on the news cycles, putting information out. Uh, if I get a break, if there's a few slow days this week where there isn't a whole lot of news, I'll jump back into working on the, the dream book. But It's been so great to have you back.
0: You, you know, know, dude, I, I'm having a
1: blast on Telegram. I really am. Uh, I thought I was going to hate it, and I really love it. Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We love having you back,
1: and it's good being on your show because it gives me, you know, if if people benefit from from the message, that's great. It ben it helps me too because I get all this information, all this news, and I have to, um, I have to put it into a framework and contextualize it so that it makes sense to me. And this is my opportunity to do that
0: uh kind of like processing it out loud
1: yeah it's processing out loud that's what it is and and it's necessary for me to do that uh sometimes denise likes it when i do that sometimes she doesn't depending on the
0: subject Uh, (laughs) i get that i get that (laughs) well you can come process here anytime man you don't have to just be on monday so all righty well i will uh take that under consideration yeah, and look, we're we're getting ready to do our new our new thing, so wheel awoke. So if you have any ideas for uh for uh who we could put on the wheel awoke, these are people that we're gonna call and email and make our voices heard. Um, then let us know too, because we'd be interested in finding those out.
1: Yep, I'll, I will do that. Uh, in my Telegram chat room, I am pretty regularly posting um, information that I'm getting on action that people can take as far as calling and emailing people and uh, i'll continue putting that in, in in telegram and uh yeah you know the wheel of woke maybe we'll maybe we'll um put a few elected leaders on
0: blast on the wheel of woke let's do it man let's do it <laughs> i'm trying to find the other one we had one for today oh here it is here it is i was trying to find it i couldn't find my so today's wheel of woke and without even having the wheel yet man we're just jumping right in we don't need no stinking wheel all right, here it is, The Learning Journey International. There's their telephone number. They're going to be firing people on Friday for not getting the vax. So we need to call up and say it's discrimination. We're not going to do it. Read my lips, people. No new taxes. No, not that speech. Read my lips. No violence, no threats. You don't cuss them out or anything. You be polite as pie, but you just stand firm and make your voice heard that this is not right. You're not going to stand for it. So this is, uh, this is the first official one. Of the wheel of woke without even having a wheel and if you have a suggestion send it to vj lauren at greenbeardmedia.com vj lauren is going to be helping me out with that so call now operators are standing by operators are standing by (laughs) all right man well i love you so much man thank you so much for everything that you do and for uh you know you and denise you guys mean the world to all of us so we just love you
1: thanks man love you too and it is Always a pleasure to come on the show and
0: uh, process out loud. Amen. You process anytime you want, my man. All right. Hold on. I'm trying to produce over here, too. Trying to look smooth and produce at the same time. (laughs) All right. I'm going out, and we're not going to take it anymore because I think it's an important message today. So, All right, guys. God bless you. I'll see you back here tonight, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, for a short winds of the day because I got Bible study at 8. So uh I'll see you back here tonight and then uh then we'll talk about we'll talk about how the Wheel of Woke and how it went. All right, I love you guys. God bless.